Welcome. This is Victoria Schnipps bringing you the power women. Feel the power of our podcast and it's coming to you from schnippsbroadcasting.com and wherever podcasts are found. Today we're brought to you by Brookdale University Medical Center and part of One Brooklyn Health Systems, the leader in healthcare in East Brooklyn. I'm thrilled that our power woman is a wow woman. She was one of our honorees for the Women of Wall Street, and Fredel Barker is here today with us in our studios. And Fredel, I am so, you know, I'm a mother of four. You're a mother of three. (laughs) And at the same time, you're the CEO of the World Financial Group with 15 offices and leading a team of 500 licensed financial professionals. How did it all start? Tell me about your growing up days. Where did you grow up? Thanks, Vicki. I I actually grew up pretty close to here in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, New York, Um, the oldest of 12 children. So there's always something exciting going on. Never a dull moment, (laughs) my God. Yes. And uh, how did I get here? Well, um, you know, growing up in that environment, it's a Hasidic community. So it was was definitely a specific way to live your life. And from that, I learned very good values, right? Very core values, what's right, what's wrong, how to go about living your life. And I appreciated that tremendously. And it's it's helped me in my life now, uh, especially bringing up kids of my own. And as you mentioned, I have three. One's four, two and a half, and four months. So, oh my goodness, you're a new mom. Yes, yes. So oh, very how dear exciting. Is that? And w- would you say your mom and your dad had that role for you as a role model, or with your brothers and sisters? Because in such a large family, I know the children are like fathering and mothering each other. Yeah. Well, I was actually the oldest, so it was it was mostly my parents and also aunts, uncles. You know, extended family. My mom is one of six, and my dad's one of ten. So uh-huh. I had a lot of those too, right? Like second parents. Um, but it was really just you know my parents, the community, learning from the the values that they all shared. Um, and and at the same time, I also was a very much a free bird and wanted to experience a lot of things in the world, um, and was someone that always questioned the status quo, right? Which from growing up in that community, what a woman does when they graduate high school is go to a year learning in a seminary, and then when you come back, you get married and have kids. So I did the seminary thing in Israel for a year, but when I got back, you know, I I wanted to start a life of my own. What do you think, was it in your DNA, or was there something that you experienced that said, this is not the life I want to lead. I think it's in my DNA. I think I always knew from a very young age that I wanted something different. I, you know, even just my hobbies were different. Like I, I, I started studying design while I was in uh, early high school um, and it was on my own. You know, I just started figuring things out, knowing that I wanted to do something. I thought it was going to be in the creative fields, actually. So I was studying graphic design. Well, making design. money, it can be very creative. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it, I think it started very, very early on. I just had to figure out how to do it, right? Because it wasn't something that w- the instructions weren't there. It was all a matter of figuring it out on my own. And I think that actually served me till today because I don't, I'm, you know, building a company and working with people 
If you're going to try to have a manual to, to do that, it's going to be pretty difficult, right? Um, but knowing that you can always learn from everybody around you, but at the same time, you have to go make it happen for yourself. Those are some of the things that, because I had to break out of that mold and do certain things on my own, um, it served me till today. Well, you know, it's a, an uphill battle separating from an Orthodox family that things were expected of you. Yeah. Did you get resistance when you flew the coop? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I am fortunate that I still have a great relationship with my family, um, but it wasn't easy. And, you know, it's still, even not today, easy, but at the end of the day, you got to go for what you want. And that's what that's how I believe in living my life. You know, you have to really know that, know and make a decision that you're going to live life on your own terms. So there's nothing that I'm hearing from your background that prepared you for the financial world. No. Share with us how you <laughs> fell literally into that world. Yeah, it was, you know, it was something that if you asked me 15 years ago if I ever imagined doing what I do today, never in a million years. Um, because not only is it unrelated to ever anything that I ever studied or learned or was even into, um, I didn't have people around me that would teach me, like you mentioned. Um, my fa my parents did a wonderful job raising us and giving us what, what we need, but there was always a money issue in the household. Um, I myself was $30,000 in credit card debt at the age of 20 years old, just mm. from, again, wanting to do my own thing, but everything costs money, right? So, um, and I had no savings because growing up, I never worked. Um, I always just was in studies or doing things like that. So. Um, I got it, it happened by chance. I was, I moved, so when I decided to leave, I decided to move to California because that was the furthest Did you west. know somebody there? <laughs> I had a couple people that I met in Israel when I was there for a year that were, lived over there. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends actually had her parents allow me to stay at their house for, I got three months to figure it out. <laughs> and so I had a place, I, had, I saved up a little money from odd jobs that I did and had someone buy me a car out there. So I was semi-prepared, right? Um, and so I went out there initially thinking, let me go to fashion design school, pay for it, go to a small community college, pay for it on my own, and work my way up, right? Get, some, get a job in the creative field, make some connections. And I had it all planned out, or so I thought. You know, they say man plan, God left. I was, mm -hmm. I was a pretty big joke at the time. And I got there, I, I you know, started going to these interviews for creative jobs. Not a single one called me back. So I had to look elsewhere. And that's where I said, I'm going to make this happen. And anyone who gives me an interview, I'm going. And that's where I landed in a financial office. And I, I, ha I, I got heard you answered an ad. I did. <laughs> that's yeah, and how it happened. Yeah, it was an ad. It was a, it was not a very professionally written ad, I might add. It was, you know, one with cap locks and, you know, exclamation points and everything like that. Um, but it was it was where I was open, right? And sometimes, you know, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. That was my moment. And I was given a shot mm -hmm. and I took it. And, it, you know, it, it's something that I think that a lot of times people are so focused and all they can see is what they intended for themselves. But sometimes I believe it's God, but whoever your higher power is, sometimes think, you know, put something in front of you that you have to actually look out for. And that's what happened to me. And I, I ran with it. Well, you know, it's funny because I never had a course in journalism, nor a course in business. And we have 70 newspaper wow, outlets and amazing. media outlets. And, you know, we have this big business. So I believe sometimes you're put there for a purpose. And then you get what you shared with me, a great team. Talk to me about how you built your business with your teams. Yes. So when I first started, I was very intimidated by the whole financial services and 
dealing with people's money. Like I mentioned, I was in debt myself. I had no savings. So I, I was able to choose two tracks. One would take me on the track of purely of a financial advisor, and one would be more of where I would be able to build an agency and learn how to recruit, build, train, and develop financial professionals. And to me, in my mind at least, it was a lot easier to be able to offer people an opportunity to make money than to have to advise people on their finances that will be for the rest of their life. Mm. So I took that route, and so I learned that skill right off the bat and immediately started building a team. And, you know, there's a saying that says, you know, you, you can't, if, if you do 1% of 100 people is more than 100% of one person, right, or something like that, where there's power in a team. And yes. I was able to yes. see that very early on, and it's paid off for me since then, um, as you mentioned, with a very large team of my own. And not just people, but leaders, because it's one thing to be able to lead people, it's another to be able to lead leaders. And that's where it takes a life of its own, where now you can enable other people to also share in that success with you. So uh, let me understand, you don't personally give people financial advice. You have a team that has set up to do that? Because you have a very impressive name, World Financial Group. Yes. <laughs> I would say 90% of my time I, I work with you know people and help them build their business in financial services by developing them. Um, but I do have you know about 10% of my time that I, I help you know clients that I've dealt with the, over the last 15 years and their referrals. But most of my time is spent with people that want to build a business in financial services. And I'm very passionate also about helping women in this space because women tend to get looked over when it comes to financial planning, as well as not enough women in the financial industry. You know, if you look statistically, it's a male-dominated industry. So you mentioned to me that you also started or involved in an organization to empower women. Talk to me about the program that you're involved with. Yeah, so I started about 10 years ago something called Women and Wealth, and it's an annual event where we empower women with financial knowledge as well as networks to help them, you know, empower them in any era that they want, but starting with money and teaching them basic principles of how money works and giving them the encouragement to go and then take take the, the lead on that in their household or at least share in it. Um, and it's been, it's organically grown um, over the last 10 years. We started in my office with like 20 women that were on my team. And now, I mean, we just had an event this past May, um, and we had over 400 people there. So it's, it's, it's a tremendous thing, and it's, it's growing. Well, I think, you know, this is the old-fashioned idea that the man handles the finances. Yeah. And I know I grew up with that philosophy, and it wasn't until I got divorced that I said, oh, I think I better know what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess there's the aha moment. Is that what you're finding with women? Absolutely. And even people who stay in happily happy marriages, women tend to live longer than men. So there will most likely be a point where a woman must know these things. And that's really why it's so important. Well, that's good advice. And do you see just a little procrastinate, procrastination of what will come? What are you seeing right now in the economy? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's every day is different, as they say. Um, but I think that, well, you I guess know, a piece of advice based on our world today to investing. I think that you want to get as unemotional as possible. People make the biggest mistakes when they have high emotions and money is very emotional, right? And the way to do that is to have a financial coach or advisor, someone that's going to be there in those high emotion times to make sure that you don't make an emotional 
action. So you shouldn't be alone in terms of investing. I've always believed in investment advisors. Yes. I'm an expert on newspapering and media. Exactly. And I like to have an expert whose whole focus is on investing to advise me. Exactly. So I know that your journey has been self-made. How would you advise other women in terms of building their own careers? Were there certain ingredients that you could pass on to other women that they should be thinking about? Yeah, I, I really strongly encourage to go for what you want. You know, a lot of times women think that, you know, maybe they have to sacrifice their job or their career or maybe even a business for their kids or maybe they wait it's to a have lot of kids. guilt a yeah, lot of guilt right absolutely it's like which one do i need to choose or maybe vice versa they wait to have children because they're in the corporate world and while there are sacrifices i really believe that you can have it all maybe not all at the same time but planning out your life of what you want to go do and then go for it don't let anybody stop you. Don't let yourself stop you because usually that's the, the biggest person that will stop you is you. And that's why it's important to surround yourself with positive people, people who encourage you and mentor you and, and just push you to go for your dreams as opposed to people who will put you down. Because unfortunately in today's day and age, a lot of things are negative, right? News, not your news that you share, but a lot yes. of news is negative, right? And so we live in this environment where there's a lot of negative news. And so people tend to give negative encouragement and it, it spirals that way. So surround yourself with positive people and go for your dreams. Go for what you want. Well, I think that being um, a, I, I think being a person of um, action propels you to be active. Mm -hmm. It's almost like get started. Right, right. Do something. Do you see that? I find some people Absolutely. are frozen. And I often say to them, just jump in. Yes. Try something that you're passionate about. Yes. And it seems to me, Fredo, that you have developed your passions. Absolutely. I, I love what I do. I can't imagine not doing it. And it's just, it brings me joy every day. So give me one last tip on how you balance the three children, the husband, the business, the home. Have you found a secret ingredient? I think the, you know, one of the biggest things is having a great support team. And I know not everyone's fortunate to have that, but you can create it if you seek it. Um, I have a great support team and my husband, you know, the, the kid's grandma helps out. We have a nanny. So we have, you know, I have a great support staff. And, but you could have that in a different level, right? It could be a friend that just, again, gives you a positive encouragement. That could be your support system. Having a support system makes you not feel alone. And then you could have the courage to do things that might, you know, might make you fearless, right? Things that normally you'd be fearful of to just go for it. So do whatever it takes to create that environment, that support system, and then just try and do something. Like you said, take a single action to propel you forward. Well, I think the idea of a team you got from the very beginning of your career. Yes. And now you've carried it over to your family. And I agree. I could never have done it alone bringing up my four children. Yeah. So I thank you, Fatal Barber, for being here. We are thrilled to have honored you as the CEO of the World Financial Group. And it is my pleasure to be brought to you today by Brookdale University Medical Center, part of One Brooklyn Health Systems, the leader in healthcare in East Brooklyn. This is Victoria Schneps. See you on the radio.